You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. It is 6.22 p.m., so I am fresh off the loss. Um, This is a Green Bay Packers podcast, so it would probably be inappropriate to not do a podcast, although I do understand if everybody decided they didn't want to listen. Uh, But I, for one, have to kind of face... What happened, unfortunately? Um, as I'm scrolling through, that was... There were some pretty bad beats, but not on both sides to that extent. Uh, several defenses played poorly. Um, the uh, Eagles, for example, scored... Th- it was 32-6 against the Falcons. That was a brutal beating. It was not as brutal as what we experienced. Um you know, 49ers scored 41 points. It was brutal up until the Lions almost mounted a comeback to uh, tie that game. Uh, Cardinals 38-13 against the Titans. I mean, look, that's, it's similar. But I don't want to get into the uh, the rosy stuff here, okay? We'll save that for the end because I'm not in the mood for rosy right now. There, there are several outs that a lot of people tried to give. And, and for the most part, it wasn't meant to be an out. It was meant to be a dig at me, but... Um, I'm not interested in giving them outs yet. If they want to come back and prove that this was an anomaly, by all means. But as of today, what I watched was a team that is in no way going to win 50% of their games. That was a five-win team. Uh, The outs, for example, include, this is why you need to play in the preseason. Now, I still maintain that that is absurd. First of all, the amount of snaps that a lot of these starters that did start played was about the amount that our players played in the first half. It was very, 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 very little. Did our guys come out in the second half having warmed up and gotten all those wonderful, you know, eight snaps that they would have gotten in the preseason or 10 or 15 or 30 in the case of our defense? Did it look like they came out the second half like, okay, now I'm ready to play? Or did it look like they still sucked? Because I think they still suck. And in the case of our offense, they came out even worse. Beyond that, several players did play. Two of our three offensive linemen did play. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure they played terribly, just like everybody else along that offensive line did. Maybe one of them had a good day. I don't know. But I really don't think so. Why didn't Newman play amazing? He had all preseason. So I'm not giving them that pass. But I'll tell you what, if you want to pretend that this shellacking, that this absolute embarrassment of a game, 38-3, to is because Aaron Rodgers didn't throw the ball 15 times in preseason, fine, give them the out. But you're saying you expect in week two for them to come out and just be right on track for a Super Bowl. I believe me, I hope you're right. 
But I think that's an excuse. I think that's a garbage excuse, and I'm absolutely not going to give him that excuse. I don't buy it. Beyond that, we've seen this before. When the Packers lose, I don't know why the Packers can't just lose with dignity. They either win or they get embarrassed. When we played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year, we got embarrassed both times. The year before that, when we lost to the 49ers, we got embarrassed both times. The Packers don't just lose. They don't show up at all, and they get embarrassed. Another out is that I severely underestimated how bad the Saints are. I didn't underestimate anything. This is the same Saints team as we saw last year, except half of their team is gone. Marshawn Lattimore, who gave up a massive amount of yards and a ton of touchdowns and all that stuff, apparently had no problem against our guys. They were still... By the way, they were decimated with injuries coming into this game and subs- and suspensions on top of all the guys they had to cut for salary cap reasons and losing their starting quarterback. They were getting injured during the game. One of their cornerbacks was injured and had to leave. So they're down a quarterback, cornerback. And then their other number one cornerback had a freaking cast on his hand. Their defensive line is a joke. I read you the names of the players. They're a joke. So don't, listen to me, do not give the Packers a pass and say, no, that's a really good defensive line. No, it's not. It's a terrible defensive line, and our guys couldn't push them out of the way. Well, their offensive line is better than you said. No, they're not. I read you the statistics. Do you remember me reading you the statistics? Did you watch as their center got walked off the field and they had to bring in Ruiz? They had to bring in their backup center? Do you recall that at all? We still couldn't do anything. We still couldn't get any pressure. All those exotic blitzes that we saw in the preseason, the linebackers and all that stuff, we we just gave that up. Apparently, that's just for fun in the preseason. When we play in the regular season, it's back to Mike Pettin, except Mike Pettin was way better than this. If we're going to play vanilla and just go four guys across the line of scrimmage and expect everyone to just beat everybody, we might as well just keep Pettin here. All that fun stuff in the preseason, all that stuff just went right out the window. And this offensive line that is injured, that is losing players, that is... Again, the interior is terrible, and the guys on the outside, they're good, but they also give up a ton of pressures. They didn't give up jack squad in this game. Because again, a hallmark of our team when we decide not to play is our offensive line and defensive line do not do their job. That happens every time we get blown out, and it happened again in this game. And again, if you want to give them a pass and say, well, it's because they didn't play in the preseason, which again, half of our offensive line did, but if you want to give them that pass, go ahead. But you had better expect that this team next week is going to be dominant. And look, the Packers don't usually get blown out this bad um, back-to-back, right? We, we do one of these a year. And look, maybe it's just our, our one bad one this year is in week one. And the Saints are going to be the team we play in the NFC Championship, and this is the team that's going to knock us out. Maybe we just got this out of the way early. I don't know. All I'm saying is I'm not going to give those excuses right now. If they would like to prove to all of us in, in week two that this was a fluke, great. But this was, this, this was an absolute embarrassment, and, and I think everybody just needs to own this one. 38 to 3. 38 to 3. Zero touchdowns in this game. Aaron Rodgers had zero touchdowns and two interceptions. Aaron Rodgers, by the way, looked terrible. And 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 again, we can give him a, we can get listen, when the when the run game can't get established, because our, again, our offensive line is terrible, and our offensive line is terrible, so there's a lot of pressure, which again, another hallmark of why things don't work. Aaron Rodgers looks bad because the offensive line can't block. He's under constant pressure and there's no run game, so he has to put the whole game on his shoulders, regardless of that. He starts to crumble when things go south like this for a lot of reasons. Both interceptions were terrible. I understand he was getting hit the one time, but we see him falling away, throwing passes all the time. Devontae was wide open, and he threw it 
five yards behind him. On the second one, I don't I don't have any idea what the intention of that was. And by the way, the other thing that keeps happening, and I haven't I don't know if I even saw this at all last year, but but one of the things Rodgers kept doing previously, you know, 2018 and and before that, 2017, whatever, maybe a little bit in 2019. He just refuses to take the easy passes. On second and seven, for example, rather than let's just try to get the first down, he has to go 40 yards down the field. He keeps doing that. And you just know every time he does it, it's like, this isn't going to go into anywhere. You know it's not going to get caught by anyone. And it didn't. But that was, that. I mean, that what was that, 15 yards over our receiver's head into the, into the safety's arms? There were passes that were just off target. There were passes that were just, I, I don't know. And again, you know, it's hard to blame him. But I'm going to anyways, because he contributed to a terrible game. The offensive line was horrific. I don't know specifically. Maybe there was somebody of the group that did well. I don't know. But as a group, I know they were terrible. We had no... We, and again, this defensive line, man, you, you can't push. <laughs> you know who... We got embarrassed by Christian Ringo. Okay? So again, keep pretending that, no, this is a really good football team. Christian Ringo, we couldn't move out of the way. Malcolm Roach who was an undrafted free agent again last year, one of the lowest-graded defensive tackles in football. We couldn't push him out of the way. We could not establish the run because we couldn't push those guys out of the way. Yeah, I know Cam Jordan's there. We have five offensive linemen. He's not going up against all five. He's maybe going up against one. What about the guys on the interior who are taking on the other guys in the interior? Why can't they win? These corners. Our guys can't get open? Why? Why can't our guys get open against these corners? They're, they're bringing in Bradley Roby last minute because they're so decimated. Paulson Adebo, the rookie, remember how we're supposed to be picking on him? Remember that? Devontae Adams going up against Paulson Adebo, that should be an absolute joke. Well, it was a joke, but not in the way that I expected. By the way, the one time that they cut to all the receivers and they were trying to show, look at this, there's just nowhere to go, there's nobody open. Three out of the four receivers I saw were wide open. Rodgers just chose not to throw it. This is very reminiscent of like 2017, 2018 Aaron Rodgers. When things start to go south, he panics and he doesn't know what to do. And it's like you see guys open and he doesn't throw it. He gets keyed in on one guy and that one guy's covered and he doesn't look at anybody else. Three of his wide receivers are open, he will not throw it to him. And again, it's hard to pick on the guy, but at the same time, it would be nice if he didn't get into this like panic mode and start playing so poorly. The running backs, I have no idea what to think of the running backs. So how do you evaluate running backs when there's nowhere to run? Um, you know, A.J. Dillon did a good job of carrying defenders through the hole as he got hit almost immediately. Aaron Jones ran nowhere because there was nowhere to go. Kylan Hill, likewise, when he came out later, nowhere to go. I mean, when, when we lose, we lose in the trenches. That's, that's all I, I know what to say about this. And um, our guys didn't show up. It was equally disappointing to see how many Packer fans were in the stands and they were making almost no noise. That was very frustrating. That first play of the game, um, it was extremely loud. And then after that, they decided, oh, it's hot. I'm just going to sit down and not do anything. I mean, I hate to pick on fans in the stands, but it, it just it went along with everything else. I mean, just nothing was – there was there was no effort or energy anywhere with anyone wearing a Packers jersey, including in the stands. I mean, I can understand in the second half, but the second play of the game, you gave up by the second play of the game, that's a little crazy. But, um, I mean, it just, it, it's so weird because we've seen this so many times before and I can't explain it. I don't understand. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it makes you wonder how this team is good at stuff. You know what I mean? Like, our guys can't separate and they can't get open. Why are they usually open? Is, is, did Matt LaFleur just call a garbage game? Maybe he did. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Didn't see the tight ends do very much. I mean, Josiah DeGuara's hurt again. Uh, Tunyon, I saw like one little screen pass and he, you'd never know that he was considered a premier tight end by the Packers because he was just kind of lumbering around. 
Mercedes Lewis had one of the biggest gains of the day, which is, I mean, kind of tells you how the day went. MVS, I saw do almost absolutely nothing. All the rhythm, all the stuff that we talked about with him and Rodgers being in sync and how great he's going to be, he did nothing. Devontae, again, really couldn't separate. He had the one big play, otherwise nothing. I think if we'd have given him some more opportunities and some better opportunities, maybe a couple of better passes, I think he was there to play. I didn't see him do anything bad. His hands looked fantastic. He was catching, as far as I could tell, everything thrown at him. But he wasn't given a lot of opportunities, a lot of 50-50 balls. Lazard, I didn't see do very much. Randall Cobb, if, if Aaron Rodgers is trying to make a case that he's a major asset for us, that was a failure. I started wondering why he's even on the field at one point because he hadn't done anything until Jordan Love came out and actually threw him the ball once. The offense didn't even get moving until Jordan Love came on the field. Well, that's because the defense pulled their guy. Yeah, I know, and our offense pulled everybody too. Completely different game at that point. But the, the point is, that was the only time we actually saw any amount of life, aside from the few times when the refs just completely screwed us. Actually get a big play. Darius actually hits the quarterback. Savage actually gets a pick, which should be on the stat sheet right now, today. Savage already with a pick. Already making plays. The refs took it away. No, that doesn't impact the win-loss column, but it absolutely impacts things. It impacts the fact that this this NFL game is is garbage. It's a garbage product right now. It's so unbelievably pathetic the way that these referees ref the game, and they're doing it because that's what's expected of them. They don't want Jameis to get hit like that. And just like I said on Twitter... We need a new NFL commissioner. We need to find a guy that actually likes football and wants those grown men who play football to actually play football, to actually get behind them and say, I want you to play the game. I want you to do your best. I want you to go out there and hit people. Because the guy we got right now and all the other owners have decided this isn't what we want. This isn't how this game should be played. There shouldn't be this much violence, especially against quarterbacks. We pay too much money for those guys. So they've all basically conspired to say no more hitting the quarterbacks. We pay too much for them. And now this is what we get. A severely damaged product. Defensively, Kenny Clark, I don't know. I don't know that I saw anything terrible, but we sure didn't do a good job of stopping the run at all. Again, their offensive line, not very good. They should not have been able to push us around in the run game, yet they did. So if Kenny Clark did a good job, then everybody around him must have been absolutely pathetic. I didn't see any pressure from Kenny, from Dean, from Kiki, nothing. I saw one good play from TJ Slayton. I don't know how much he was out there, but I saw one good play. Zedarius I hardly saw until later on in the game, and again, he didn't have much of an impact. Rashawn, a couple times I saw him get to the quarterback, but it was so, every time he got there, there was so much space. The quarterback, Jameis, just took off and ran, because where's everybody else? Everybody else is so spread out. Everybody else is getting beat so bad somewhere else. He's got he's got 40 yards of field in front of him with nobody around. Or there's a guy wide open down the field, so as Rashawn's getting in his face, he just throws it up, and it's a wide open completion, because we can't hold coverage for long enough. Preston had a couple plays. Overall, how did he play? I don't know, but I saw a couple plays, especially against the run, a couple pressures in there. I saw basically nothing from the linebackers. All that excitement about those guys blitzing and everything else, I, they, just, they just didn't. And I don't know why, because again, Jameis is terrible under pressure, and like of the two times I saw us bring pressure, those are some of the few times I actually saw bad passes from Jameis. But no, we're just going to play it straight. We're just going to go four guys, and we're going to drop back and play coverage and wait for them to find the open open hole in the zone and just pick us apart. Because we, for some reason, trust our guys. And because for some reason, as Green Bay Packers defensive coordinators, once you cross that threshold into Green Bay, something happens in your DNA that says, we're not allowed to make adjustments. We're not allowed to acknowledge problems. We're not allowed to say, hey, we're not getting pressure with the guys we have. Let's bring another guy. 
Let's start shaking this guy up. Let's start rattling his cage a little bit. Let's start bringing from pressure from different places. Let's try to confuse the guy a little bit. He's not the brightest bulb in the in the in the tool drawer or whatever the stupid saying is. That's not his forte. He's not known for being this this masterful all-knowing presence on the field. Confuse the guy, shake him up a little bit. He makes mistakes. He makes a lot of them. He does a lot of dumb things on the field. But he's not going to do dumb stuff just because he's standing there. Again, I, I say he was he was unbel- he was really highly graded when he was kept clean, and we saw that because there was no pressure, and he played like a Hall of Fame quarterback because that's basically what he is when nobody touches him. He's like an 85 overall grade when he's kept clean, and there was no pressure in this game, and we never decided to bring any. Incredible. Again, all the promises and all the talk about all these different things and all these different looks we saw in the preseason and all this excitement and all the stuff the safeties are going to be doing and all the confusion. And, uh, nope, regular old vanilla, drop into zone, rush four, see how it goes. Oh, no pressure, that's weird. Well, he's got plenty of time. I wonder if he'll find somebody. Yep, he did, 30 yards down the field. Shucks, let's try it again, see if it works this time. Let's try it 94 times in a row and see if maybe it'll change. Jair Alexander, I didn't see a single completion his way. He's the one guy that seems to be a constant um, on the field. I mean, he's, he's the one guy that I can tell, and we'll see what actually happened in the game. I don't remember anything ever going his way. Uh, Kevin King got kind of picked on a little bit. There was the big completion down the field, obviously. That was the one thing I used to say he could do is he can stop go routes, but apparently that's now his Achilles heel, as well as pretty much everything else out there. Um Stokes, I saw once and he broke up a pass, but again, another hallmark of the Packers is put a guy out there, he's doing terrible, pull him, put the other guy out there, he's doing well, pull him and put the uh, the guy that was doing bad back out there and then give up a touchdown and go, eh, well, I still stand by my decision. That's another great Packers hallmark right there. I understand maybe not wanting to make an official decision, but maybe we should just make the freaking official decision at that point, you know what I mean? Uh, Amos, I thought, had a really bad game. Uh, that touchdown he gave up, I was just confused by that. He just... I, I, he just kind of stood there and like let the guy jump up and he was like he jumped five seconds too early and then came down and he's like I'm not gonna do a second leap that would be silly so the other guy went up and he kind of just stood there and like grabbed at his pants and was like oh, no like a little effort swatted his arms grabbed anything do something I don't you know I don't know Savage I didn't really see anything bad he had the pick which I'd love to credit him with the pick but of course he's not gonna get it so I don't I don't know if Savage did a good job or not uh, Chandon looked like got picked on a little bit. Mason made his one field goal, chip shot, way to go, seemed fine. Bajorquez, um, one bad punt, otherwise he seemed solid. One of them was an absolute boomstick. The other one, I think he kicked out around the 15, which is fine. Um, so that's good news. Special teams, uh, the returning ability is abysmal, as usual. I didn't see anything good happening there. Um, there's no blocking. There's no, there's absolutely, what is it with these these guys that we have? And it's been happening for years. They just seem confused. Like, when they get the ball, they're just like, I don't know what to do. Like, would you like trying to move left or right? Or maybe trying to put on, like, a move? You know, you would expect some level of shiftiness from these guys. And I swear, they they just seem like they kind of just close their eyes and brace for impact. I don't understand that. You know, I mean, I, do you remember Randall Cobb back in the day? He was like reading what was going on out there, making decisions, making cuts and moves and all that stuff. And the guys we've had the last couple of years are just kind of like, I don't know what to do. I'm going down here. This is fine. That's that's good enough. That was like four yards. That's fine. I don't understand. I also don't understand why we saw uh, Chauncey Rivers and Jonathan Garvin as much as we did. 
I don't know if it was just the beginning of the game. We said, we don't want to see Zadarius. We're going to rest him, and hopefully we do really well and we don't have to play him. I don't know, but I saw a ton of Jonathan Garvin and Chauncey Rivers on the field, and I did not like what I saw at all. By the way, they played in the preseason. They were not ready to play today. But um, no, to be completely honest, and again, if, if that is the issue, fine. I, I think there's a bigger and more troubling issue than, than you know eight preseason snaps or the, the Saints are actually the secret freakish football team out of nowhere. I think there's a, a bigger issue with the, I, I guess, blame the coaching staff not being able to get this team ready to play. And maybe the preseason had a little bit to do with that. Maybe that is a contributing factor. It's not a 35-point contributing factor. It's not a 38-3 to contributing factor. It's not that big of a factor. Maybe, But maybe it is part of it. Maybe, maybe it's just a general attitude of, um, we're too scared to play. You guys just rest. We'll just take it easy. We're so good. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why this keeps happening. I don't know why we keep getting beat this badly. But the worst part about this is this was worse than the last two games that come to mind. This is worse than the beating we took in the NFC Championship game against the 49ers when we lost 37-8. to 37-8. to That feels like the worst game I've ever seen. That was not as bad as this. And again, San, that was, these are NFC Championship games. Tampa Bay was 38-10. to 10. We scored a touchdown in that game, and that was against Tampa Bay. That's the team that won the Super Bowl. San Francisco went to the Super Bowl. These are the best of the best in the NFC. In both of those cases, those are the best teams in the NFC. The Saints are the team that I described, the team that is decimated with injuries, the team that has a bunch of guys suspended, the team that doesn't have a kicker on their roster, the team that lost their Hall of Fame quarterback, the, the team that had to cut like eight guys for salary cap reasons. They lost five defensive linemen. They lost a pass rusher. They lost corners. They lost linebackers. They lost safeties. They didn't have their starting wide receiver, the only good wide receiver on this entire team. They, didn't, they don't have any tight ends. They, got, they lost one of their tight ends. This is not the best team in the NFC. This is not the best team in football. This is the freaking Saints. This is the worst game we've ever seen since Aaron Rodgers has taken over. And I've got some more statistics on that for you. But uh, 2006 was the last time we've seen a beating this badly. Technically, Aaron Rodgers did play in that game. I think it's because they pulled Brett Favre, though. But we have not seen a game this bad in a long time. And the fact that it's week one, the fact that it's on the back of all the hype and all the excitement about how good this team could be, should be, etc. The fact that it's against the Saints, who are not expected to be anything super special, um, is troubling to me. But anyways, I want to take a break. Um... I want to kind of go through some of the stats specifically to kind of look at some of these things. I want to go through, again, the history of, um, of games like this and kind of get some context for just how bad this was. And then uh, I guess we'll get out of here. Try to add a little bit of silver lining at the end of all this. Tomorrow we'll get a better look at exactly who is to blame um, based on some of the grades and some of the stats and whatnot. But that'll, again, be, uh, be for tomorrow. But I do have a very big thank you to um, P142466, which uh, looks a lot like a PO number for work, but a a very sizable donation, and I really, really do appreciate that. And uh, I guess we'll take a break, and we'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built 
for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, so for context, since looking back to 1940, there have only been 15 games in which the Packers have lost by 35 points or more. Last time it happened was in uh, 2006. It was November 19th against the New England Patriots. The Packers lost 35-0. to Packers obviously couldn't get anything going whatsoever because uh, Brett Favre had completed only five passes. Aaron Rodgers completed four passes for a grand total of 19 completed passes um, for 105 yards, it looks like. There were five sacks in that game. Horrific game. Tom Brady... Uh, 20 of 31, 244 yards, four touchdowns. Brutal. Uh, That actually did happen the year before in 2005 against Baltimore. We lost that game 48-3. The time it happened before that was 1986. Just a couple months before I was born, we lost to uh, Minnesota 42-7. So in my lifetime, it's happened twice. In my lifetime, a beating that bad has happened twice, and I don't I don't even remember it. The bigger issue is that in those seasons, in 2006, the Packers were 8-8 eight and eight under Mike McCarthy. Aside from that 35-0 shellacking, we also lost to the Bears 26-0. We lost to the Saints 34-27. We lost to the Eagles 31-9. Um, some other bad beatdowns. The Buffalo Bills 24-10. Um, we lost to the Seahawks 34-10. We lost to the Jets 38-10. to So we got beat up real bad a lot. 2005 was even worse. We were 4-12 and under Mike Sherman. That was the year, obviously, that Mike Sherman got fired and Mike McCarthy came in. We lost the first four games of the season, 17-3 to the Lions. We lost 20... Oh, that one wasn't as bad. We lost the next two to Cleveland, to the Buccaneers. We lost 32-29 to to the Panthers. And then we ended up annihilating the Saints 52-3, to Then we come out of our bye losing our next three games in a row. We win one game against the Falcons. We lose three more in a row. We win one in overtime against the Lions. We lose two more in a row. And then we beat the Saints to end the season. 
So suffice it to say, um, the last times that we've been beaten that badly, we didn't have great seasons. And those games were in November and December. The one time we got beat this bad uh, in week one, it was the 1970 Green Bay Packers. We lost to the Lions uh, 40 to nothing. We won our next three games, but the season ended at 6-8. and eight. So not a great season there. In fact, I'm kind of curious if we've ever been good having been beaten that bad. Let's see. 1986, we were 4-12. and 1980, we were 5-10. Uh, 1959, we were 7-5, technically a winning season. 1958, we were 1-10, so that's a, that's a doozy. 1-10 and 1, I suppose I should give you that one. Uh, 1954, we were 4-8. 1952, we were 6-6. Six and six. 1950, we were 3-9. Uh, apparently that happened twice in 1950. 1949, we were 2-10. 1948, we were 3-9, uh, 1948 again, 1948 again. That happened three times in 1948. So no, we have never been beaten this badly and had a good season. So there's that also. So yeah, again, I'm not going to give them an out. I'm not going to say, well, it's because they didn't play in, play in the preseason. That's, that's just, that's, that's obnoxious to me. Minor factor, sure. <laughs> Marshawn Lattimore agrees to a five-year, $97.6 million extension. Interesting timing, isn't it? Right after he shuts down Devontae Adams, he gets a, a five-year, like a $20 million a year deal. Oh, the hits just keep on coming, don't they? You got to see all the headlines. Winston shines in the route of the Packers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just keep coming. And we have a full week of hemming and hawing and all that stuff. Before we get into the stats, I should have done this first, but I wanted to get that stuff off my chest. Um, usually I start with stats and everything. I do want to say one thing, because as I'm going through my phone, I'm seeing a lot of, of things here. Obviously, I'm, I'm quite anti-Rodgers at this moment. I shouldn't say I'm anti-Rodgers, but I, I fully acknowledge he had a terrible game. Not entirely his fault, but he had a terrible game. But I'm, I'm a little surprised that, that I'm not the, like, this is the furthest, uh, like, I would assume I'd say this, and most people would say I'm being ridiculous, right? Um, most of the comments I've seen are more anti-Rodgers than that. I have seen probably five different people message me, and I won't name anybody by name, but I just got another one. Um, the amount of people that are saying that Rodgers deliberately is sabotaging this is surprising to me. Now, I get it because we don't see Rodgers play this bad. I think that one pass 10 yards over our guy's head right into the safety's arms is the one that got everybody going, okay, that, that doesn't happen. Everybody. I'm saying I'm I'm not exaggerating when I say five people messaged me saying that I think Rodgers is sabotaging this. I don't think so. I don't think that makes a ton of sense. Um, Rodgers cares about a lot of things. Um, I don't think he would be that vindictive. I think some of the things look pretty good up until things started to fall apart and then he started to fall apart. And the thing is, we have seen that before. Maybe not exactly airmailing it like Brett Favre which, as my buddy Blaine pointed out, he started to turn into Brett Favre toward the end of that. Um, there's so many Brett Favre parallels here with Aaron Rodgers, aren't there? But it just it just doesn't make rational sense. I, I get from the standpoint of he could be that vindictive, but this is too much. And again, everything collapsed around him. And this is how Rodgers does when things fall apart. I mean, it's what everybody does when things fall apart. It's why you, as a defensive coordinator, try to scheme for things to fall apart around quarterbacks because they don't play as good. That's why I wanted Jameis Winston to be under constant duress. Because then he would look like garbage instead of looking like the next Hall of Famer. The next great Saints, you know, just retire his jersey or whatever nonsense. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going with that. It, 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 
I don't want to make it out to sound like he's too prideful to do that, but in a sense it is. I mean, he, he cares about his reputation. He cares about his teammates. I genuinely believe that. Um, he cares about his legacy. I mean, I know he says, I don't have anything else to prove on the field. I just want to have fun. But is he having fun? Does that look like fun? I don't think he's having fun with that. I think he wants to play well. I believe him when he says he's on the on the cusp of retirement. I don't think he wants this to be his life. I don't think he wants to tank this team and, and, and all his teammates just to stick it to Gutekunst so that his trade value is trash. I don't, I don't think that makes a ton of sense to me. I get it from a standpoint of he looks like he's sabotaging because he played that badly, but um, I don't think so. The other thing, uh, Josh has been giving me updates. He went to the game. I do feel really badly to everybody that went to the game. I know I just scolded all of you for not making noise. I know, first of all, anybody that would be listening to this podcast, I know you were making noise. I know Josh was making noise. And, I, and we did hear you once in a while, but it just it was nowhere near as much as we had hoped that you guys would be making noise. Anyways, Josh has been giving me updates. Um, he said that the stadium pretty well cleared out well before the game was over. Um, and then he sent me this quote, which again, I, I want to bring it up because it's kind of shocking. And I know people say stuff when they're hurting and when they're sad that, um, I don't know, doesn't isn't something that people would normally say if they weren't hurting and sad. But again, it surprises me, so I want to address it. He says, on the way out of the stadium, almost every fan has one statement to say. Aaron Rodgers is still garbage, and he's 100% the problem. I don't even, listen, I, you know, I, I was not a fan of Aaron Rodgers this offseason and the way he handled things. I'm fully on the bandwagon of I get why they drafted Jordan Love because his play was declining. That is a fact, even though people don't want to acknowledge it. I get the age thing. I get that there are issues with Rodgers. For example, when things fall apart, he really falls apart. All those things combined, I don't get that statement at all. And I know Josh isn't making the statement. He's just relaying the information that this is the sentiment of, uh, I mean, still hot garbage. I mean, first of all, we'd have to go back to 2018 and say that the decline was real and then say that the last two years were kind of a fluke, which is a, it's a pretty big fluke. I mean, look, look, if, if a guy's declining, let's say MVS um, came out week one and uh, tore it up, but then week two, he played like garbage. I could understand saying, no, he's still garbage. It's probably a more polite way to say it, but I'm just going with what everybody's saying here. I get that because it's it, it was one fluke. It, two years, plus not to mention a Hall of Fame career on top of it, it's a weird sentiment to say, no, he's still bad. I don't even know where that's coming from. I mean, you, 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 it would make more sense to say, I think he's going to be bad this year, and then explain how and why that's happening. You could say it has something to do with his offseason. Uh, somebody a while ago had mentioned something to the effect of his head's not going to be in it. He's kind of off in the clouds, thinking about retirement. He was really enjoying stuff, all that. So maybe his head's not. Again, I don't really think he was entirely the problem. I want to see how Aaron Rodgers plays when his receivers are open and when he has a second to throw and when his uh, run game actually is competent. Because like any other quarterback, you're not going to play well when you don't have a run game and you're under constant duress and your receivers are struggling to get open. But even so, you you got you to... Gotta, uh, kind of give me some kind of a theory as to why he's not going to be good this year. And to say that he's 100% the problem, I mean, he he's a factor to this game, but, I mean, that's silly to say 100%, isn't it? I mean, I listen, I wanted to come down here and be harsh on Aaron Rodgers because I thought everybody would be mad at everybody else, and I'd be like, no, 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 no. He holds some responsibility here. I didn't expect everyone to go so hard at Rodgers for this. And so me being the natural contrarian, I'm on the other side going, come on, guys. It's not Rodgers' fault. It's everybody else's fault. It's not Rodgers' fault. <laughs> I don't know. 
but I am I am a little shocked at that. Here's 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 the one thing I'll say about it. You can message me whatever you want, and I'm not going to put you on blast. You could say I didn't read anybody's um, messages that are on there. Um, some people were definitely getting under my skin a little bit during the game, being just just uh, again that. A lot of people messaged me and, and were not getting under my skin. I, I know I put that on Twitter, and I'm sure there were a lot of people that were messaging me thinking I was going at you. I mean, if, if you want to talk football, we can talk football. I'm fine with that. Even if you want to vent, I kind of don't care. But there is a line, and some people were absolutely starting to annoy me. Saying ridiculous things really annoys me, uh, especially when you have a naturally negative demeanor. For example, Brian Gutekunst is a joke. This team, this roster is a joke. Ugh. It's such a stupid statement that it just breaks my brain and makes me furious, and I'm already beyond depressed watching this game. That's the other thing. Listen to me. We're all unbelievably depressed. We all need to do a better job of helping each other feel better in this moment because we're all incredibly depressed. And the fact that you're angry and want to lash out and make everybody else feel worse, and I know I've given this exact speech a thousand times, it, it, I just don't get it. So I, I had people messaging me on, on YouTube, calling me an idiot for um, saying that Preseason's not going to have any impact. Again, for for saying the Saints uh, weren't that good of a team, for saying that the Packers are going to win. I mean, pe- people get so mad about what they're seeing, and I get that because I'm mad. But for some reason, I don't have it in me to say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to trash. I'm going to just attack everybody. I'm going to find every Packer fan that said they were positive and optimistic about this, and I'm going to make them feel like crap for cheering for their team and being optimistic for their team. What is that? So, anyways, here's my thing. Let's table some of these thoughts. Again, if you want to message me and be like, dude, look, I think Rogers sabotaged it. I'll accept that. I get it. On her 100%. I get it. Not going to call you out. Not going to call you stupid. It's a theory. Let's just table it. But that's my point. Let's table this. Don't rush to Twitter and put out a bunch of hate against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst because those are the kinds of takes that are going to get thrown right back in your face when the Packers succeed. And I don't have a problem throwing stuff in people's faces when you're being negative. What I don't like is when people are being positive and then Packer fans trash other Packer fans who are being positive because how dare you be positive? This team is so garbage. That I don't like. We're supposed to root for the Packers. That's the whole point of this thing. We're Packer fans. That's our job. It's like when I was laughing at the uh, the Vikings and I made a comment about how embarrassing it was and I had a Packer fan message me and say, well, now do it about the Packers. Why? Why would I do that? Why do you want me to do that? I know you're just being obnoxious because you want to just be like, oh, now what? Which, again, I don't get. I mean, maybe he is a Vikings fan. Maybe I've been wrong about that. I know he's been around for a while. But it's just, I just, I I don't get it. It's like if, if you were in the same room with me, it would be like you're trying to get into a fist fight with me. Can we just watch the game and be miserable? Or you want to keep throwing cracks and jokes trying to make me flip this table right in front of it. I don't, I don't get that. Making a miserable day worse. I don't get it. But again, table those thoughts. We'll circle back to it. Let's see how this thing plays out. Before you put it on paper, before you go on Twitter, before you go on Facebook and you document all the emotions you're feeling right now, table it. Let's see what happens. Let's see how this goes. Because let's do the stats first before I start getting all rosy, cozy. By the way, if the Bears win, I'm going to frickin' rage. I'm absolutely going to rage. And the way things have gone, I would almost I would almost buy it at this point. First of all, I know Tampa won. They almost lost to Dallas. So that ain't great. Tennessee is one of the best teams in the AFC. They got annihilated by Arizona. They got embarrassed almost as badly as we, as we did. They, they added 10 more points. 
but uh, the best running back in football couldn't move the ball at all. They added Julio Jones. Their offense couldn't do jack squat. Their, their defense wasn't even the problem. I mean, it was 38 points, but you can't even use that as an excuse. Well, it's just our defense. No, your offense was trash, and the Arizona defense is garbage. The Vikings lost to the Bengals, one of the worst teams in football. Lost to the Bengals. That's crazy. The Buffalo Bills um, considered probably unanimously the second best AFC team in football, lost to Pittsburgh. Kansas City did pull it off against Cleveland. Again, I, I said that was too close to call. Um, I did say Cleveland or Kansas City would probably win, but I didn't really like the points on that or anything else. But point is, Cleveland kind of got rocked a little bit. The Patriots lost to Miami by a point. I mean, you know, there's not a whole lot of playoff contenders, but which playoff contenders looked the best, would you say? Which teams looked the best? You could almost say San Francisco, if you even want to call them a playoff contender. But the fact that Detroit almost came back and won that game, I don't know about that. I can't say the Chiefs, although you could say that Cleveland is a contender and we beat a contender, so that's competent enough. And again, obviously you can't compare 38 to 3 is, is a completely different animal, but point is, things have been kind of crazy. The next contender that's going up is going to be LA, and if they lose to the Bears, <laughs> this is going to be the worst day ever, and I'm, I'm not going to be able to watch the whole thing because uh, I do have to go to bed, but that's going to be miserable if, they, if, that, if that just doesn't please, please, please beat the Bears. I'll say this, though. There's a lot of pressure off of Chicago because if they lose, they're supposed to lose. You know what I mean? But they're going up. They're looking at this going, dude, the Vikings suck. The Packers suck. The Lions suck. We got a real shot here, (laughs) regardless of what happens against LA. And they got Justin Fields. They're like, dude, you know, we're riding high. This is, if you're a Bears fan, this was a great day. Anyways, Aaron Rodgers was 15 of 28. He only threw 133 yards, 4.8 average, which obviously is terrible. Zero touchdowns, two interceptions, 36.8 passer rating. I want to see, I want to see something here. I think I can look up his passer ratings. Holy cow. All right, so um, got some more information for you. Aaron Rodgers, assuming that this is all correct, 36.8 was his passer rating. The last time a Green Bay Packers quarterback has thrown a had a passer rating that low was 2002. Brett Favre, 20 completions on 38 attempts, 196 yards, one touchdown, four interceptions, 36.6 was his passer rating. The time before that was 1999 against Seattle, then 1990 in Chicago, then 1988, then 1986, so and that was against Chicago as well. Um, that was November 23rd, so that was a week before I was born. So four times in my life have I seen quarterback performances that bad. Again, I understand the sabotage thing. I don't believe it, but I, I get it. The uh, Let's see. Let me just make sure Aaron Rodgers played in this game. There was nothing fluky going on. I want to see his worst game ever. Um, so the worst passer rating I can find for Aaron Rodgers is a 559 he was 14 of 27, 165 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. According Using passer rating, that was his worst game ever. We lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 30-21. to 21. So, yikes. Jordan Love, however, 5 of 7, 68 yards, 9.7 yard average, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, 120 or 102.1 passer rating. Again, I know that means almost nothing because it was, you know, second-string offense, second-string defense, et cetera, et cetera. But it's still nice that something worked. Um, A.J. Dillon, four carries, 19 yards, 4.8-yard average. I thought he had a great day. Uh, But for some inexplicable reason, we decided not to run the ball. 
I think way too early we just got away from it. Again, one of the problems with this team is it panics. When we were still in striking distance, when it was still possible for us to win the game, we made the decision, nope, just put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands. Because again, this is what happens. And if we had run the ball and it wasn't successful, everybody said, you guys are idiots. Why do you take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands? Same with the NFC Championship game and everything else. You should put the ball in his hands. What about when he's not playing well, like in the NFC Championship game? What about that? So instead of just running the ball, instead of sticking with A.J. Dillon, who had 19 yards on four carries, 4.8 average, almost five yards per carry, in a game in which we can't run the ball and the offensive line is playing terribly, in a game in which we really needed to be able to establish the game, the run, in a game in which we needed to back off their pass rush a little bit, when running the ball would have ex- helped that incredibly, we decide we're going to not give the ball to A.J. Dillon. Aaron Jones had five carries for nine yards, 1.8 yard average. Uh, Randall Cobb had one carry for one yard. Inexplicable why he decided rather than cutting up and getting like three, four yards, he decided to go around and, and get nothing. Kylan Hill, five carries, 14 yards, 2.8 average. So again, nobody could run. So that's the other reason why A.J. Dillon was so impressive in this game. The fact, the fact that Aaron Jones was getting 1.8 yards per carry shows how terrible this offensive line was performing. Still, A.J. Dillon gets 4.8 yards in that environment. Why did we not give him more opportunities? Again, I think Matt LaFleur carries some blame in this. I think uh, Joe Barry carries an incredible amount of blame for how bad the scheme looked. Is that game on right now? I got to watch that game, tv.youtube.com. Oh, heck yeah. Let's get some bears going here. Oh, that's it's definitely on. It's on. Oh, it's just the kickoff. All right. All right, we'll put that off to the side, and we'll see how this goes. This is a great kick return, obviously. And, and again, what's, what's really annoying is seeing how easily people can do stuff. You know, the Saints, even though they don't have wide receivers, and they don't have a very good offensive line, and they don't have all these different things, they're still able to do things, right? It, there still seems like there's space on the field, and you're able to complete the easy passes. The Packers couldn't do anything, and it was incredibly disappointing. And I do think a lot of... I, I, let, me, let me just put it this way, and I hate to do this because I love Matt LaFleur. I put 90% of the blame on Matt LaFleur and the coaching staff. Our guys were not ready. Our guys were not prepared. Our guys were not motivated. The scheme was lethargic and lazy and, and terrible. We did not commit to the run when we should have. Nothing that we did made any sense. When you look at the defensive game plan, that didn't make sense. Jameis Winston is a Good quarterback with no pressure, terrible with, with under pressure. We did not pressure him. The the coverage was unbelievably lazy. It was just soft zone, and they picked us apart like every time we play soft, soft zone and rush four, especially when our guys can't do anything. I'm putting 90% of the blame on our coaching staff for the way that they handled this. What a great run. Oh, he's going. Is he going to take this to the freaking house and the first play? Holy cow. I'm telling you, dude, there's some... I'll tell you what, if the Bears win this game, I'm almost going to feel better about this game because there's something weird going on. We're talking the Chicago Bears against the number one defense in football last year, and (laughs) it's only one play, but what in the world? And by the way, Packers couldn't do this. Packers couldn't do this. Bears don't have as good of an offensive line as the Packers, at least so I thought. The Saints' defensive line is not as good as the Rams' defensive line. We couldn't get one play like this. We couldn't get one play with a decent hole. By the way, Aaron Donald... Got pushed out of the way in that play. Unbelievable. It's just so frustrating. And that's the thing. We couldn't get one play. Nowhere to go on that. You know, one. Give me one. I mean, that that throw to Devontae was beautiful. It really was. But just nothing. Aaron Rodgers' constant duress. 
Anyways, Devontae Adams, five receptions, 56 yards, 11.2. I really think he had a good day. I can't speak to every single one of his routes or everything like that. I do think he should have been able to get away from Marshawn. By the way, Marshawn Lattimore, blazing speed. So running away from him is not the easiest thing in the world to do. But still, I, I he was playing like he wanted it real bad. And I just think if he'd have gotten more opportunities, even if he's covered, I think it would have been there. Um, but those Is that Justin Fields? I'm so confused. I swear I just saw... That is Justin Fields. What is going on right now? Why is this happening? I See, I muted the TV, so I don't understand. Am I going to... Oh, he's just in for a play, and they pulled him. <laughs> this is so weird. If this stupid team wins, I'm going to be so mad. So we're going to rotate quarterbacks now? They're just building this up to make Fields look like a hero. We're going to put him in for one play, throw a real easy pass so he gets a completion, and then when we lose, we'll be able to say that he's our guy, and we'll move that way anyways. Again, uh, well, let's go in order here. MVS had three receptions, 17 yards. That's our deep threat, averaging 5.7 yards per reception. It's nice to be able to see him do different stuff, but the one thing he's supposed to do, beat guys down the field, he was not able to do. Um, Two receptions for Lazard, 16 yards. Two for Malik Taylor, 14 yards. Two for Aaron Jones, 13 yards. Two for Robert Tunyon for eight yards. Nobody doing anything in this game. A.J. Dillon had one for seven. Randall Cobb had that one for 32 Mercedes had one for 19. Amari Rogers had one for 19. Again, two of our biggest plays came from Jordan Love after Aaron Rodgers sat. Um, the turnovers were horrific. Jordan Love had a fumble, which was recovered when we could have had something happen, a nice little, you know, and again, all these stats go away if we just get that touchdown there, right? Or for example, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw a pick when we were down in the red zone. But it's, it was just not meant to be. Or if, you know, we got that interception instead of the refs kind of screwing us over. I mean, it didn't have to be this bad of a beat. You know, let's say let's say the the uh, one of those was a field goal, one of those was a touchdown. That's 10 points. That's 13. And then you take away seven, that's 13 to 31. Still a beating, but it didn't have to be this bad. It shouldn't have been this bad, but it was, mostly because of our own failures and faults and stupidity. Fumbles, interceptions, bad play calling, that whole thing. Come on. Tipped. Intercepted. Oh, yeah. Oh, Dalton, you bum. Dalton, you bum. Oh, Bears fans start cheering. Put in Justin Fields now. Do it. I want him to get ruined. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm in a bad mood. I want the Rams to crush them so bad. Because look, I the way that I was and the Packer fans were about the Vikings losing to the Bengals, and then, then we get crushed, and now the Bears fans are gloating about us and the Vikings, the Vikings and Packer fans right now, or at least last night for you, are are so <laughs> we're the biggest Rams fans in the world right now. Anyways, Adrian Amos led the team in uh, tackles. Uh, Chris Barnes had eight. Uh, Amos had nine. Devondre, blah blah blah. Doesn't matter. Uh, sacks zero. Obviously, tackles for a loss zero. Zero sacks, zero t- tackle for a loss. I mean, it just. It's crazy. One pass deflection by Eric Stokes, who again got pulled because why not? The only thing that happened in this entire game. Interceptions, zero. Sacks, zero. Tackles for loss, zero. Pass deflections, once Eric Stokes got pulled. Okay. I mean, again, I kind of get it, but it's still stupid and annoying. Uh, Three quarterback hits. One came from Preston Smith. The other ones are not listed, so I don't know where the other two came from. So... Uh, kick returns, Kylan Hill, uh, two for 29, 14.5 average. Obviously that is not good. You're shooting for about 25, but, uh, 14.5 is also another uh, thing you could do. Punt returns, Amari Rogers had, uh, one for 17 yards. I thought he looked good. I thought, I thought his punt return looked pretty solid. He at least 
looks like he really wants it. You know, he looks like he's got some speed, a little bit of shiftiness. Maybe it wasn't the most beautiful thing in the world, but when he's running, you know how you can just feel it? Like when a guy's running and it's kind of like, ooh, this this looks like it could be something. As opposed to the other guys running where it's like, all right, just fall down because who cares? Uh, Bajorquez was four punts, 176 yards, 44 average. And it doesn't list hang time or anything, but we'll get more of those stats tomorrow when we look at uh, PFF. And again, look, the... If we're going to do all the rosy, shiny stuff, right, it's it's actually very simple how you go about doing that. The, the Saints are not a good football team. To assume that the Packers are so bad that the Saints, you know, in other words, they're, they're this much worse than the Saints. Nobody is this bad. Nobody is this bad. The worst teams in history are not this bad. Well, I, I guess that's not true, but they're not this bad all the time, I guess is what I'm saying. Just looking at the uh, <laughs> 2008 Lions, and they, they had a couple beats that were about this bad. <laughs> 47-10, that's, uh, that's 32 points, or 37 points, excuse me. Uh, 42-7, that's another one that's in that range. So they had two games that were about this bad. But but even that, the, I mean, it's, it's both positive and negative, right? The 0-16 Lions only had two games that were this bad. Stafford unloading. Oh my goodness, he's open. Oh, baby. Oh, ooh, ooh, and they didn't touch him. They're so stupid. <laughs> Oh, it's horrible because this team is scary. I'm telling you, Matt Stafford just uncorked that dude. He's a scary quarterback. Anyways, um, makes me happy. It's it's positive and it's negative because, again, although it shows how bad this game was, it also goes to show even the worst of the worst don't generally play this bad. Granted, almost every game was like at least 30 points, which is staggering. There were, there was one game under 20, uh, three game, four games under uh, 30, uh, only two under 25. That's just crazy. I'm telling you what, man, this Rams team is scary. I know you don't want to hear that right now. I'm just, I'm just, I'm trying to get my mind off the Packers right now. But, but again, there's no reason to believe that they're so bad that this is just what it is forever. And again, break it down. What was the problem in this? Every time we lose, what is it? What did I say? It's the trenches. Do you think for the rest of the year, there will be zero pass rush from Zadarius, Preston, Rashawn, and Kenny? Zero. I don't think so. Do you think that this offensive line is never going to be able to block ever again? Again, we've seen this before. When we played against the 49ers, this is exactly what that game looked like because we could not block for to save our lives. We could not establish the run. We've seen these things happen before. The only thing they have to fix is the trenches. If they can get pressure and they can block, that fixes this whole thing. It doesn't seem like it, but I'm telling you it does. The offense, if they can just block better, what does that mean? We can establish the run. If we can establish the run and you can block for Aaron Rodgers, that opens up the passing game. On the other side of things, the coverage isn't going to look nearly as bad if there's pass rush. On top of that, there's pass rush. That means sacks. That means deflections. That means pass uh, um, a lot more throwaways because there's pressure. Bad decisions, interceptions, pass deflections. The point is, this was bad because they couldn't get going. And, and again, if you want to make a case for the preseason, this is it. You can't get going. You can't kind of get into a rhythm, and it just spirals. It just continues to spiral and spiral and spiral. The odds that they're going to be this bad for the rest of the year are almost zero. The question is, what is this team? We don't know. We still know that this is a team that can do this garbage, which is unfortunate because this is the this is exactly why we don't win Super Bowls. It's not because we can't go 13-3. and three. It's not because we can't win games. We win a lot of games. That's not a question. In fact, I don't even think it's a question that we're going to bounce back and be a, a playoff team at some point. We may not. I don't know. The only real question for me is, what is going to prevent us from, from continuing to do this? 
Because obviously Matt LaFleur has not identified it yet. And that is, as I said, when we lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the number one thing I said, the hardest thing about this for the Green Bay Packers is it's not a matter of Brian Gutekunst figuring out the missing pieces and filling the pieces. We don't have missing pieces. We have a defensive line. We have edge rushers. We have corners. We have safeties. We have an offensive line. We have a quarterback. We have wide receivers. We have a tight end. We have running backs. We have everything we need with the exception of a couple linebackers. I don't care. We have everything we need. We just need to execute. And as much as I like Matt LaFleur, this is an absolute abomination and it needs to stop. And his inability to identify what the problem is, why is it they keep coming out flat, whether it's week one, whether it's the NFC Championship game, whether it's some random week seven game against the team that we're ultimately going to be playing in the NFC Championship game, for whatever reason, losing is not out of the question. Every team loses once in a while. It's this stuff. It's losing this badly. A team that is one of the best in football, having one of the worst games in Packers history, is inexcusable. That is absolutely inexcusable. And Matt LaFleur needs to figure out and identify why this keeps happening, and they need to knock it off. These guys are not showing up prepared. They don't have energy. They don't have enthusiasm. And they're not doing their jobs. And it's unacceptable. You have all the talent you need. You have everything you need. Everything the Rams are doing, everything Tampa Bay is doing, everything the Chiefs are doing, the Packers should be doing. This game should have been a walk in the park. And I'm not buying the BS that this has to do with a preseason game. This has to do with any week one, has to do with the heat. I don't want to hear any of that garbage. You have a job to do. The best roster in all of football showed up flat against a team that is decimated with injuries and suspensions and salary cap issues and a brand new quarterback and all this nonsense and you come out and have one of the worst games in Green Bay Packers history that is inexcusable. And that falls squarely on Matt LaFleur's shoulders and he needs to figure this out because we are never ever going to win a Super Bowl until that gets figured out. Why are they doing this? Why does this keep happening? I'm not talking about losing. I'm not talking about a 28 to 21 loss. I'm not talking about a 31 to 13 loss. I'm talking about 38 to 3. I'm talking about the rest of the NFL laughing at us. I'm talking about this team will never win a Super Bowl. You have to be able to identify it, and we found out in week one that they haven't identified it. We found out in week one that he hasn't figured out what it is that causes this team to come out with zero enthusiasm. Every single time you find these bad beats, whether it's Tampa, San Francisco, or now the Saints, you find a defensive line that provides no pressure. You find an offensive line that cannot block that is unbelievably unacceptable. Every single one of these guys needs to be put on notice. That is pathetic. I want Matt LaFleur to go to the podium and call these guys out by name and say this is BS and they're all getting cut. If you want to play on this team, you're not going to be doing that. If Josh Myers thinks he has a future here, he's out of his mind. Because if you play like that, we'll find your replacement tomorrow. Lucas Patrick, you think you're going to play on this team tomorrow? You're out of your mind. That's Bush League nonsense. Zarius Smith, all that money in the world. He's playing like he thinks he's going to be here forever. We've got decisions to make next year about who stays and who goes, and apparently nobody wants to be here anymore. Zedarius has no aspirations with the Green Bay Packers after this year, apparently. Kenny Clark got a contract and thinks he doesn't have to play anymore, apparently. Absolutely unacceptable. So again, it's, it's not even a question of can they bounce back? Of course. How do we prevent this from happening? Because this team at their worst, which we've seen way too many times, where they just don't care, we've seen them way too many times. This team at their worst can't beat anybody. I don't care who it is. It's just a switch that gets flipped. And when that switch goes off, they're done and they lose. And it goes all the way off. And again, I'm not blaming Rodgers for this. He had a terrible game. 
worst game possibly in his entire career. I'm not putting it on Aaron Rodgers. When there is no running game to speak of, when there is no offensive creativity from the head coach or the offensive coordinator, when they abandon the one thing that's working that's running with A.J. Dillon because we like Aaron Jones, who's getting 1.8 yards per carry, when there's no blocking and he's under constant duress, and when your wide receivers can't do jack squat to help you out, what do you expect? Is Aaron Rodgers sabotaging this team, or is this team sabotaging Aaron Rodgers? How about that? I think they're both ridiculous, but I think they're both things that we need to consider. If we're going to play one game, why not play the other? Aaron Rodgers wasn't the problem in the NFC Championship game. He's one of the few guys that actually graded out pretty well. Man, he's going to throw nine interceptions if he keeps that up. Sorry, I'm just talking about the uh, the Rams team that's all fired up and ready to play in week one. Look at the energy from this team. Look how excited they are. Look how they're flying around. By the way, listen to the fans screaming and roaring. Look at the energy, the speed, the violence, the celebrating, the cheering. There's just a different energy. They're ready to play. The Packers are not. And again, I'm not buying the week one thing. I think this is just a thing that happens, and I don't know why. And I, I've lost confidence in Matt LaFleur's ability to identify this problem and to eradicate it from the team. And I'll tell you what, I, 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 if, the, if the preseason is part of it, then I can tell you right now, injuries are not the biggest issue. If you're telling me that this is how bad it's going to be if you make the decision to say, let's just sit out in the preseason, I'm more than willing to risk injury. In fact, I will take an injury to make sure we don't play like this. Because one injury doesn't equate to this. I don't care if it's Devontae. On the Packers' best day with no Devontae, they're way better than this. In fact, they win their games without Devontae. We need to, I I think maybe there does need to be a shift. I think Matt LaFleur has done a great job in protecting this team. I think maybe we're a little too soft. I think maybe we're a little too weak, a little too protective. Maybe we need to to change our energy. Maybe we need a little bit more kneecap biting on this team. Maybe we need a little more. You know what? Maybe you get hurt. Maybe you don't. I don't care. We're going to play. And that needs to be, by the way, that needs to be the attitude this week. If you think we're taking days off because I want to protect your well-being, you're out of your mind. I'm going to run you into the freaking ground if for no other reason than you deserve it. This was an embarrassment. Absolute embarrassment. But um, again, getting back on the good news train and we'll get out of here. Next week is Monday night against the Detroit Lions. Um, I can say comfortably if they come out flat like they did here in Lambeau, nonetheless, um, they're still going to lose. I don't care if it's the Lions or who it is. But this is a great opportunity to get back on your feet. Okay, fine. You didn't have a preseason. This is your preseason. This is your this is your first game. You know, the Saints were ready. You were not. And that's Matt LaFleur's fault. All right, fine. Got it. Prove it. The Lions might be the worst team in football. You're at home. Get back on track. Get into a rhythm. Figure out what you got to do. Because after this, we got the 49ers. And you can't play like this and beat the 49ers. After that, you got the Steelers. Maybe one of the best defenses in football. You can't play like that and beat the Steelers. After that, you got the Bengals. We can call the Bengals a joke, just like I called the Saints a joke, just like I said the Vikings would beat the, the Bengals. Again, I mean, if, if, you can, uh, if, you can, if you can put it together, there's no reason we don't win out the next several games. If you can't put it together, we beat the Lions, we lose to the 49ers, we lose to the Steelers, uh, we maybe beat the Bengals and Bears. I, I, you know, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know which way this, go, this goes. But next week is our chance to get back on track, and you get extra time because it's Monday. You get another day and it's at home, all that. Another big strike from Stafford. But that's, that's your one gimme, man. That's it for the year. You get, none, you get no more. You, sh- you shouldn't, you don't, eat, technically you don't get one. N- nobody should be allowed to play like that. Coming off two 13-3 season. Returning MVP quarterback. You don't get 35-point gimmies, but you get one this year. That's your one preseason game. 
Uh, you get 16 more games, just like the normal regular season, and you get the Lions at home on Monday night next week to get back on track. That's all you get. That was a blown play, and Stafford's about to get yards, and that should be a penalty because he hit him after he slid, but whatever. Anyways, I got to get going. Um, I tell you what, that felt pretty good to get that off my chest. Um, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm having a hard time leaving, but there's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do but just ride it out. Just accept what happened, and uh, we got to see what happens because we don't know what this team is. I know they're not going to lose by 35 every week, but I don't know what what that means. But uh, anyways, you guys have yourselves a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.